Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 Bills Mafia. Thank you for coming into the Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy. Uh, very thrilled to be joined by my buddy and fellow Bills fan, Mike Florio. How's it going, Mike? Not too bad, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, man, I got to start right off the bat. Uh, you have a very familiar name in the football world. I do. Yes. yes. I, I thought it was just one Mike Florio. There's actually two Mike Florios. We're like rabbits. Yeah, neither are Bills fans, so uh, I'm glad I have you on the show instead of uh, those two. I was thinking of the one who's a contributor for Pro Football Talk, and mm-hmm. I think you have, uh, yeah, you have some stories. You get confused on social media and email on that quite a bit, right? Oh yeah, people people send me their their uh, their 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 love, their hate, their vitriol, everything. <laughs> their uh, their their fan fix about Chris Sims. Yeah, no, they get I get the whole thing. I know it's uh, yeah, got to be a little annoying at times, and especially since so many people can have vitriol for uh, you know those personalities and everything. And oh, you're just you know yeah, you're just an innocent guy trying to get by and watch enjoy the bills. Oh, yeah. yeah, usually <laughs> uh, usually like around like the draft times or uh, like during like any kind of like major moments, like uh, any kind of scandal or incident that happens, like, <laughs> a massive flare up on those. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it would uh, yeah. I mean, I think my biggest fear if. Uh, you know, there's a, there's plenty of Tom Murphys out there in the world, but uh, I haven't had any, like, no confusion there. I think there's just way too many. Like, could you imagine if one of these guys said something, like, really horrible and was on the verge of getting canceled? That's, uh, uh, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would have to, like, lock my email account and be like, just tell everyone, like, phone <laughs> call. I know. Yeah, I think it was, like, two years ago. I have a friend. I'm going to leave her name out of this. Okay. But there was like there was a viral video in like San Francisco of some woman saying some like racist stuff, yeah. and she had the same name as her, and she was getting and they, they looked nothing alike, uh, half opposite ends of the country, and people were just absolutely like blowing up uh, my friend's Twitter account, which is mainly just cats. Yeah, and. She's just like, I am not that person in that video. And uh, yeah, so let's just let's just hope both Mike Florio's, you know. Uh, keep it narrow. <laughs> exactly, yes. But uh, I'll be the first to defend you. You're a great guy. Ah, oh, I appreciate Fantastic it. character. And uh, yeah, you're a fan of the best team in uh, NFL history. The records may not indicate that, but, uh, you know, I, I stand by that comment. Hey, I stand by the only New York team. Just saying. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. No, that is absolutely a fact. So I want to give you a stab at last week's trivia uh, that had to do with the draft. Uh, it's actually no longer relevant, but, and I this question came out before uh, I knew what we were going to do, but, okay, so before this uh, past draft, who was the last tight end the Bills took in the first round? Oh, God. I remember hearing about this. Uh it was in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, a little mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I could have swore I heard this. I The last tight end they took in the first round. Buffalo's not really known for taking tight ends. This is why like the Kincaid thing is so interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. It was in 1983. Oh, okay. The Buffalo Bills took... Tony Hunter, tight end out of Notre Dame. Yes. And he was taken two picks before another guy who was drafted that same year in the first round. Tight end as well, or is he uh, different? different? Oh, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, God. I mean, 83, I wasn't even alive then, so it's a little outside of my my range. Uh, I was I was four, but uh, I was not watching the draft. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't. That that draft is too far away for me to like. Oh, yeah, comprehend. Tony, yeah, Tony Hunter was drafted twelfth overall by the Bills, and at fourteenth overall, the Bills selected a quarterback from University of Miami named Jim Kelly. Oh, that was the year <laughs> Jim Kelly was drafted. Yeah, God, I should have known that. 
It's it's a hard one. Like so many people forget that. Yeah, and Tony Tony Hunter, I believe, never played it down for the Bills. I think he may he had maybe like seventy catches in in his career with other yeah. teams. Never like he was one of those. Uh, just a bust. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I should investigate these things. I want to say it was the Oilers that he had like. Uh, the Houston Oilers, I think that he had like not even success with, but actually, you know, yeah. got on the field. Yeah, I remember the Oilers were a thing. Yeah. I, oh, exactly. I oh, I remember. I hated. Uh, I hated them. I hated Warren Moon, which is a sign of deep respect. He used to oh, just yeah. murder us. <laughs> well, yeah, it was Warren Moon. That's uh, there's a little. It's kind of like uh, you know, you have to respect it. You see it coming. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I. Uh, Dan Marino, I always, you know, I always disliked him. I still dislike him. Uh, but he never had as much success as Warren Moon did. Well, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, back in the day, like this, and this is kind of where, like, I'm really excited for the AFC to, to head now, is, like, in the era of the squish the fish, you know, Kelly-Marino rivalry, like, Dan Marino was, like, the Dolphins were a solid-ass team. And oh, they were just, it, it was just, it was brutal to watch him just go to work every time. <laughs> oh yeah now there were so many uh i mean i'm old enough to you know remember you know that 90s i mean very well i'm sure you do too but you know yeah. i was like teenager those years there were just so many like so many players during that like uh even later trace armstrong used to just destroy us um bernie Par bernie parmalee had like a couple huge games against us uh but even like during the 20 something year brady absolute dominance of us uh, and a lot of the younger fans just say like oh the patriots are their most hated team of all time it's always been the dolphins for me i've uh dolphins have just always been my most hated and i, I think that's a reflection of my age as well well and also i think we're on we're on our way back to that because you look at now like with tua and like mm -hmm. the, the changing up the guard you know the dolphins are a legitimate team as long as they don't kill their quarterback Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, they, uh, they're a bit scary. They always seem to have had these signings. Uh, we've had success, you know, a friend of mine who's been on the show quite a bit. Uh, he sings like, yeah, well, we pretty much own the dolphins. It's like, yes, we are like, I think nine and two in the Josh era, but we, we were scraping by on the skin of our teeth, all of those games last oh, year. Oh yeah. And, and I remember though, the one, and this is where I think they're, uh, their particular stadium design is a little unfair is that they put the, they put the opponents in direct sunlight the entire time. I you know. Like I last, the last year you saw the guys cramping and like, just basically like trying to stay hydrated. Oh yeah. Oh, Dix was like crawling back to the sideline and that guy, you know, he's a, he's a warrior. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, I mean, yeah, we also have the schedule release coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm just praying we don't play in Miami and uh September because oh, yeah. I think uh I think that was the first time we played in Miami in a while. So I was kind of uh early in the that. season. Yeah, because usually we have them kind of like later, like we'll have like both games kind of in the back half of the season. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And I've always said, you know, in regards to the Patriots, like in the past few years, once like Brady and Belichick, you know, had their divorce or whatever, you know, went their separate waves, I find each of them more tolerable. I'm not going to say likable, but just way more tolerable now that uh, they're not destroying us on a regular basis. Yeah. And, you know, I would have loved to kind of see like the current age bills play the current age or, you know, back, go see them playing Brady at the Patriot. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it would be fun to watch. It'd be a little cathartic as well. Some, you know, or at least just watching, you know, like Ed Oliver just beat the shit out of Tom Brady, but. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, if uh, yeah, we could have definitely. I I still contend we probably could have beaten them in that uh, Super Bowl had we not lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship because oh, a lot of things went wrong for the a lot of things went wrong for the Chiefs that uh, that week. So they they were not playing with the same uh, you know same intensity or health as you know they did against us. Yeah, um, I always I always wanted our you know, like last revenge on Brady. We're probably not going to get it. He's not coming back. Oh, no. uh, and, and it's just like, yeah, it's just something to accept, you know, he owned us and now it's just onward. And, uh, yeah. And now we, now we're paying it forward by just destroying the team that he left behind. 
Oh, absolutely. That's always fun. And I yeah. uh, look, look forward to doing that more. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's another reason I'm always, I'm always like, it's so I'm in a different uh, spot now. I have so many New England Patriot fan friends. And, uh, you know, they would always console me like, oh, man, you guys, like, you know, you guys are on your way up. Like, oh, yeah, like, good for you. And I'm like, you know, Mac Jones, he's uh, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> I want to kind of think the exact opposite. You're like, Bill's still a genius. It's okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's still got it. You're, you're good. You're good. You're still, you know, you're still competitive. And it's just uh, it's nice to, like, have full circle back to, like, the early 90s where they weren't that much of a threat and we're we're on the verge. We are, we are a dominant team. We just need just that, that last step, that last step. Yeah. But our, our window is starting to close because, you know, we're going to lose all these guys, you know, Mm -hmm. one year deals. Like it's, this is kind of like a make or break year for a lot of these guys because we just don't have the capital to keep them around. You know, for sure. Yeah. It's uh, Tremaine. Tremaine. I would, I would have been mad if he didn't take that contract. Four years, seven oh, yeah. years or whatever. He's, going, he's also going to, uh, you know, I think he always handled himself well. I was always shocked at how people uh, really were not uh, really fond of Tremaine Edmonds. It changed a little this year, but before they were just like, really? they throw him under the bus, it seemed. And I mean, they thought he was, uh, you know, he didn't have the sexy stats like Darius Leonard or Fred Warner, but he was very solid. He was just, he was asked to play a non-flashy role. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, uh, you know, you get guys like Matt Milano who tends to have a little bit more of like the starlight in that particular like Absolutely, linebacker yeah. role. Cause he's the guy, you know, like, you know, really getting in the quarterback space where, you know, Tremaine Edmonds sitting back there and stopping every catch and doing all this other hey. shit. So I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I remember there's a play. I always talk about it. It was against the Falcons, uh, 2021 mm-hmm. where, uh, it was pretty much, you know, Matt Ryan like rolled out and just like complete open field. And Tremaine just had either the choice to go after Ryan or cover this running back who was around him. And it was just, he had to, he had to force one. So he forced that. And Matt Ryan completed this pass, you know, they got like 25 yards. We still won the game by 14, but I go onto Twitter and they're just like, Oh man, this Tremaine can't do anything. And it's just like, he literally, there was nothing he could do. He was just damned if he didn't, damned if he didn't. And, uh, yeah, an $18 million man. Yeah. I remember last year, what was it? He, uh, we were playing against Miami in Buffalo and there was a point where, you know, uh, Tua was back. He threw a short pass to the outside and like Tremaine dropped the boom on this dude. (laughs) This, oh, guy, yeah. this guy died for a second, came back to life immediately afterwards. But you saw him just like drop the ball. He just got laid the hell out. Oh. You see Sean McDermott just like sitting there, like, yeah, best day ever. <laughs> oh, no. Tremaine had so many of those. I always thought he was great. I was so hoping he'd stay. Uh, we definitely, his presence may be missed uh, next year. Uh, but uh, it's the thing that we're talking about with the draft, with the guy that picked from Tulane. Absolutely, yeah. I did like him. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to cover all of these guys. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of happy for Tremaine. He always handled himself well. He's also going to a place where uh, I know Bears fans are just ecstatic he's there. So he kind of gets a fresh start and just, uh, yeah. you know, where – you know, he's coming in as a veteran, like a 25-year-old veteran, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, they're so excited to have him. They're an up-and-coming team. We're, we're not going to have to face them unless we somehow see them in the Super Bowl in the next four years. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right, because they're not, they're not in our standard rotation. We only played them yeah. that one time, yeah. Yeah, and it was last year, because it'll be like four years from yep. that. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think we have Green Bay this year in that rotation well yeah because we get the division winners mm-hmm. of each and we actually get uh this year we play the nf uh hang on uh, nfc east the entire nfc east and we play the winner of the nfc south which was tampa bay yep. it will be uh a lot different than last year we get our revenge on baker mayfield who was one and zero against us and uh i kind of like yeah. baker mayfield though like i like I, even though like <laughs> The dude just kind of had so many bad raps, and then he just got shuttled around. And like, even in LA, you know, they just kind of like <laughs> threw, they just threw him away. Oh yeah, and it's uh, I mean, they talk about him as just being like 
this monstrous bust. I think he's been he's been disappointing for a first overall pick. I'm very glad they did not. The Browns did not take Josh Allen with that first overall pick. Uh, and but like he has not been terrible. Like it seems like he's gonna he's gonna stick around in the NFL for a bit. I think uh, probably a better career than Sam Bradford. But yeah, it doesn't look like he's even gonna reach Matt Stafford level. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wonder if he's going to kind of do like kind of what uh like Trubisky and uh, Case Keenum and now Kyle Allen's doing, kind of being like that solid secondary backup. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Oh my, that would be just fantastic. Assuming, yeah, assuming Tampa Bay doesn't want to keep him around. Yes, come come with us for a year, and uh, yeah, I mean that would be quite a flex. You know, being the backup for a guy drafted six spots. Uh, after you in the same draft. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily that he would be on the Bills, but I'm saying more along the lines that that might be like where his career kind of takes him is like the secondary behind a young up and comer, and he kind of has his moments, kind of like a Fitzpatrick ish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I or like the idea. Of every, <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of every quarterback that was uh, drafted in a higher position than Josh becoming his backup. Like we had Trubisky that year. There was talk about Darnold this year. That would have been awesome. And let's just get them all. And eventually, Sam Darnold, I I do not (laughs) like his style of play at all. I'll take him as a backup. It's uh, I think nobody's thrown the book out on Darnold just yet. But I think that would I think that would just be funny to have one of one of those guys, Mayfield or Darnold, eventually as his backup. And I mean, it could happen. I mean, these guys are going to want to stay employed. Yeah, and uh, they're you know they're running out of chances, so <laughs> running out of chances to start. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. But uh, yeah, just one uh, moving right along to what I thought was a fairly, I mean, more than fairly good uh, draft for the Bills this year. You know, we had mentioned uh, that first round pick Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. I had very little idea what we were going to do with this 27th overall pick this year. And when we moved up two spots, I was like, who are we taking? Who do they see here? That is just absolutely can't miss. I mean, my main thing, I wanted to get a linebacker because it was, it's the biggest glaring hole. I think we have. Yes. Uh, I also right tackle was a big thing for me. It was not big with everyone else. I know Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are still on the Spencer Brown train. I have not seen anything from Spencer Brown that makes me think that he's the right tackle of the future. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, like, also, like, Spencer Brown, just he just gets his ass kicked. And it's not, it's not any fault of his own. It's just it's a very physical position. You know, mm-hmm. there's, like, there's a reason why, you know, these guys are just in, like, constant rotation and just constantly getting banged up. You know, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a rough spot, especially depending on like which teams you're playing against. If you're playing against someone who has like a hard edge runner, like a Von Miller esque kind of go. Oh yeah. Say you were playing against Jacksonville, playing against another Josh Allen, that dude's just gonna run you over. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, he um, like I know, remember just in the Detroit game, it seemed like I was seeing it all season, but in the Detroit game, there was some undrafted rookie who just was beating him every single play like and it wasn't even like close it was like the guy was around him by the time he got up and uh i know he's just this big behemoth like six nine three ten or whatever but it's just so far i just have not seen it but i know uh, i know bean and mcdermott are still uh still riding him out they they still see the potential in him and uh you know that was definitely shown this draft where we did like we took to interior linemen and zero tackles. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like uh, I think also protecting Josh Allen is more of a focus because they've made the comments so often that he needs to not do as many Josh Allen things for his own health <laughs> long term. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely agree with that. We all love those highlight reels, but I'm I'm almost tired of the hurdling. Like, just really, the first time he did it in his rookie year, I'm like, oh, that was fun. Please don't do that again. And now he does it just, like, so regularly. And it's always, you know, you just see it all the time. And, uh, I mean, I mean, in the Chiefs game last year, it was great. It, you know, it led to a first down that kept the drive going. But it's just, uh, like, it's, I don't know. I feel I lose a month off my life every time he does that because it's just, like, my my body shuts down for a brief second. Oh yeah. No, you to to breathe. Yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah. oh. but uh, yeah. no, I mean, I think 
getting into like the uh, like the kind of like the draft, like getting kind of like more of those guys that save his life or give him the time to mm-hmm. do what he does best, which oh, yeah. is like the thing, you know, into the next county. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, I think that's where they really needed to focus and that's where they did. I, you know, you always know they're going to figure out a way to fill in like the hole like left behind by Edmonds. Like Bean's not dumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. The, man, the, man's a, the man's a freaking wizard. It is true. You know, I, you know, I joke with uh, my buddies. It's like I, I can question these picks or, you know, anytime and all, everybody else can. Like, there's always people like, why are we taking this pick? And it's there's very few people I trust more than them. Like there I should not be in that draft as much as I think I know. I'm definitely glad they're the ones making the decisions. And because for the most part, you can't uh, no team's ever been perfect in the draft. But like you know, they've they've done a good job so far, and you know, even with with Dalton and Kincaid, yeah. my jaw just hit the floor because I, um, and then I kind of had to think about it. Uh, four wide receivers had been taken, like just straight away, and yeah, I, I, I was say Flowers died. Uh, yeah, everybody everybody had their guys. A Flowers was very interesting. Uh, I liked I liked Addison, and he was taken. I believe the pick right before us. Oh, I, and, I knew I knew he was going to be gone. I just had a feeling. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking, is like, could it be? Could it be? And uh, and then we he was taken off, and I was like, who are we trading up for? And I, as much as I wanted a linebacker, there was no linebacker worth that spot. No, and and Kincaid is, I think, probably an unbelievably underrated pick. And the reason oh, yeah. I'm thinking that is because the dude's a receiver. And if he can kind of be like what Cole Beasley was, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, if they want to do like the double tight end run, you know, let Dawson Knox be the freight train and let, you know, him just like run like a little, you know, like outside slant, just kind of mm-hmm. draw people away. Obviously he's so oh, big, yeah. you know, he's like what, six, three, 250 pounds. Like he's going to move oh, yeah. people around. Yeah. He's a, and he's a lean two two fifty. Uh Yeah. I, I think my favorite nickname I saw for him on Twitter was swole Beasley. Oh God! <laughs> and, I mean, uh, but like, also, like, you know, the fact that he catches everything in a cold, which is great because you know, he's a he's a target. Like, everyone kind of goes like, "Oh yeah, he's like Kelsey 2.0. and I'm like, "Sure, cool, great, grand," but at the end of the day, you know, Josh Allen needs diversity of targets because he needs to spread those all those defenders out, and he just needs guys that are big and fast that he can just launch it to, and those guys can take it running. Dawson Knox is amazing. I love him personally. Like, oh, just absolutely. Watch, yeah, watching absolutely. him roll through people is, is is a highlight reel of my life. Also, oh, yeah. like crazy catches he's done. Like, what do you like? I think he caught, like, he caught, like, one flipped over a dude and still made it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was, uh, and, uh, like, I knew this was absolutely no reflection on Knox, I think. You know, you want to get Josh more weapons, and it's like this is this guy's a weapon. He's an opposite style of Knox. You know, Knox, you know, Knox can uh, do a lot more of the dirty work. This is almost like a wide receiver who can just you just line up on the inside. But he can also block too. Oh yeah, it's uh, it seems like a Swiss Army knife that's kind of mm. built for a team that needs that kind of flexibility, like what the Bills are. So if he needs to like drop in to save Josh Allen's life, you know, he'll he'll do it. Oh, absolutely. I know uh, it's I'm very, very satisfied with this pick. And it's also I mean, I actually watched uh, over the course of a year, I watched 202 college player reels on YouTube. Okay. Uh, I mean, some of them were like three minutes long. It was over the course of a year. I just I okay. wanted to have as much info. <laughs> and I really wasn't focusing on tight end so much because I just didn't see it happening in the first three rounds. So I was, like I said, I was just really shocked, but uh, the guys on uh, NFL draft room where I I was watching the draft, they were just salivating over this guy since pick 13. They were like, so I can't believe this. They were saying, I can't believe this guy's still on the board at pick 18. They thought he was like a generational tight end. And for us to get him at 25 is just uh, pretty amazing. Well, I mean, everyone was kind of going like, oh, well, he had the back injury and that's why he dropped. And I'm like, you know, it's a physical sport. People get banged up. It's not like the end of the world. And I think that a lot of teams tend to do that. They go like, mm-hmm. well, this could be problematic and this could we've been burned before. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's build, let's, let's find the better player for the spots we need. You know, generational talent aside, if, you know, like I feel like that's where he kind of got like kind of shafted a little bit. 
But mm-hmm. so, yeah. And uh, same thing with uh, with Justin Shorter because he had that hamstring thing that he wasn't in the top two rounds. Yeah, and it's funny. I he was one guy I was just unfamiliar with, and uh, you know, absolutely. It seems like a good. Uh, yeah, it seems like a good. Uh, you know, Shorter seemed like a good pick. That tall receiver. You know, we've been lacking uh, for a bit. Just been not. I know he was. A, I think he was like a five star recruit out of. Uh, coming out of high school, but just somewhat unproductive, uh, for that, uh, for that ranking. But I always think with day three picks, it's just, you just take whoever you want the, you know, the amount, like the, the success ratio, if you look over the years, uh, it's kind of limited. So, you know, don't try and it's a, it's a very low risk pick. So yeah, just take who, uh, but at the same time, you know, giving like, I know right now we kind of live in the Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis with a third option wide out scheme, which I'm hoping mm-hmm. is is Shakir. But I, I love I love Shakir and I think uh yeah. But then we also have Deontay Hardy. So it's like, how do you balance? So it's mm-hmm. I think giving those guys also just time to breathe, keeping them healthy. Oh yeah. Like swapping them in and out, let letting that stuff go. Like I think mm-hmm. Justin Shorter could be a great wide receiver three option, you know, to kind of keep oh, things yeah. going. Oh yeah. And I mean I love having competition at that end. Uh you know, we also uh uh Trent Sherfield we uh picked up who uh, I know he's loved by all of his teammates. I'm not so familiar with Sherfield. Uh I just know uh you know, his teammates love him because he's a wide receiver who loves to block. Uh, and, you know, we, we have kept six wide receivers oh, yeah. on the uh, – yeah. yeah, yeah. When we have kept six wide receivers on the roster before and, you know, with the expansion of the practice squad uh, and you're, you're getting bigger names on the practice squad these days now. You remember it used to just be like these guys you've never heard of, like walked off the street. And now you get yeah. like, you know, wily veterans on your practice squad. So uh, – yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Definitely, people were saying, like, get Josh weapons. And that's, you know, that they did that this draft. So they, uh, well, they, they did it on both. They did it on uh, both the running and the uh, the wide receiver game. Like the fact that, we, oh, you know, the fact that not only do we have going into the point we're talking, we're going to talk about probably a little later was like Latavius Murphy or Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, him with Hines and Harris and Cook. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's like I want them to expand the roster to like 57. That's just uh, like that's where the only problem comes in. It's like, man, it's like this would just be great to have. And it's but it's just like, you know, we we'll probably will only keep uh, two quarterback spots. We're not going to do three. Uh, uh, don't and, uh, Matt Barkley again. I love that man so much. Oh, yeah. He, I, he seems, yeah, Barkley just seems to be very content on the practice squad. Maybe not very content, but, uh, you know. He's definitely, I, I've not heard him publicly complain. Uh, and it's like he's just having the best time of his life at all points. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I, guess, I get to play football and I'm not getting killed and they're paying me sick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And I know him and, uh, know him and Josh are buddies. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I think he seems, he just seems happy to be with Buffalo. I think people just like playing for this team, which is, uh, seems to be a far cry from like historically in this uh, century. Well, it's, I mean, I would imagine not only with the fan base being so just diehard, you know, mm-hmm. it, that you're embraced by a city and you're part of their culture and you're like a thing. You're like, you're the, you're the champion mm-hmm. of, of, you know, working class people who basically will cheer your name till they, till they can't speak anymore. You know, like <laughs> there's gotta be something that like, everyone, yeah, like. I would I would imagine that people have to be like, hey, the attitude here is right. The people here are cool. The fans are great. Food's good. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, the food. Yeah, the winter big, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Food is a huge draw in Buffalo. I tell people, you know, here in New York all the time. I'm like, man, it's like, you know, it's not just the wings there. The food in Buffalo is just great. Like almost anything you get, people just take, people take pride in their work there. So it's, everybody's trying to do the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also like people, and this, obviously I know we're getting a little sidetracked, but uh, we're talking on the lines of like restaurants in Buffalo usually tend to have like smaller menus and they tend to just work those things till they're perfect. Like, you know, know, I, I live in New York city, which, you know, unfortunately you have to have volume to me to, to maintain. So you have to make a big, expansive menu you know buffalo 
guess what? There's a there's a restaurant or a fucking pizza joint. Guess what? They make pizza, wings, maybe chicken fingers, and like maybe like <laughs> you know, like reggaetonian sauce, and that's it. And that's all they oh, do is power into it, and everything they make is always good. And they've just made the recipe and they customize it and they've worked it. And oh, it's yeah. one of those things that it's just like, all right. Anyways, I know we're getting way off topic on that one, but now I kind of oh no, to- we're we're allowed to talk buffalo on the show. Yeah, now now I kind of want to beef on Wick, but uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like in Kenmore, there's a pizza joint called Demarco's. Uh, it's like it's a brick the size of a garage, and they just they're just pumping out pizza and wings. That's like yeah. that's all they it's all they offer. That's all they have to. Yeah. And uh, they're fantastic. And you're welcome for the free plug, Demarcus, if you're listening. Yes. Yeah, you owe, you owe yeah. me a favor and plug this show. All right. Yeah. Can I also plug a place in Lockport called Pizza Oven? They're also uh, great to spoil. Oh, Lockport. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. Pizza Pizza Oven, if I'm ever up that way. Uh, On Vine. Probably. Yeah. It's, it's okay. great. It's probably, I, it's, it's, every time I go back to visit my father, I, I have to get it. If I don't, it's a problem. Oh yeah, no. There's definitely those spots. I'm a, even though it's a chain gym stakeout, it's uh like I can't I can't leave Buffalo without getting a gym stakeout. Uh, like twelve inch chicken finger sub. That's uh just <laughs> disgustingly good. Oh yeah, blue cheese dripping, blue cheese dripping off <laughs> like plate. And uh, all right, I could I could talk about. Uh, we'll oh talk yeah, about, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, oh no, no. Please, no. It's uh, now you. I'm just thinking about Jim's Steakout now. I wish there was one just right down the street. Love, uh, you know, we got great value in the first round with Kincaid. Even yes. better value in the second round with Osiris Torrance. For months, this guy was projected to go to the first round for us. Everybody was saying, "He's like this guy's going. This guy's going to Buffalo at 27, and he falls all the way to 59." This is just like a double win for us. Yes, I think that this is this this is value on just a high level it's and also the one thing about him that's really interesting and this is where i feel like he's going to be very successful is that he does one position amazingly and Mm -hmm. 20 others oh yeah which you know because we saw this last year like uh like uh like quesenberry was just being shuffled around so much that he was struggling yeah outside of his role Mm -hmm. right now yeah, and then you know he's like sitting here he's like he's like in the center for like mitch morris at one point i think he was like even like right guard and you know we were watching these guys struggle and this dude he's gonna just be a guard and all he's gonna do is just save josh allen's life oh absolutely yeah it's uh yeah and i think he excels both in uh pass blocking and run blocking i think they say he's a little better at run blocking but uh i think even if in pass blocking is an upgrade than any guard we had last season I mean, Saffold was an unmitigated disaster, which was very surprising. And Bates is just, I mean, Bates is, uh, I think we were expecting way too much from him. Uh, I think he's hes being pushed out because we also made two, uh, like, it seems left guard is going to be solidified by Connor McGovern, the free agent. And we got uh, got David Edwards from the Rams, who started like 70 games in his career. And now it's, uh, I was thinking, okay, that's probably an even upgrade over Bates. Now. Uh, you know, I don't even think he's competing. I don't even think Torrance is competing with him. I think Torrance goes in yeah, week well, one I mean, as right you, at right guard. And you also have Ike, you know. Oh, that's right. He, but yeah, he was just injured. He's always he's always been solid and like absolutely solid. Uh, you definitely need depth uh, on the line, and he's a veteran. I think uh, kind of like how they have the depth of the defense, mm-hmm. how they can do the the whole rotation thing just to keep these guys a little healthier. I think having those kind of things huge. Because oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like there, there's only one Mitch Morris, like yeah, like it's really hard to replace him. But like you oh, know, for sure, luckily, yeah. luckily, like you know, Dion has like Tommy Doyle, and you know, like that way he can like if he needs a breather, he has a chance. Oh yeah, oh Doyle, that's uh, I mean, it was that that touchdown he had in the playoff game that was fun. Uh, anytime I've seen Doyle on the field, we didn't see him at all last year. It was only his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Anytime we saw the field in his rookie year, it was just uh, was almost laughable. He made he made Spencer Brown look like Trent Williams at times. But <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, I can't be I can't be negative on the show because I hope to have these guys on. And uh, oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, but, uh, and the thing is like. I, I think that keeping them healthy long term is way more effective than trying to be like, hey, we're just going to have like, you know, 
Ryan Bates played every game and he has to be the first. And he has to be starting. No, like give these guys a chance to like heal up. And I mean, their their position is so brutal. Oh, absolutely. And we and we and we felt the we felt the pinch of it last year with some of these guys getting banged up, a little too banged up that they just couldn't do it. And you know, you saw Josh just scrambling for his life. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and uh, yeah, he did that way, way, way too often uh, last season. That was a huge gaping hole for them, the interior line. And with free agency and the draft, they uh, took care of it. Uh, in the seventh round, we took another guard, uh, Nick Broker from Old Miss, who's an interesting story. He, I even follow like future mock drafts, uh, you know, year a year or two before. And I think when Broker was a sophomore, he was projected as a top ten pick. When he was at left tackle, uh, I'm assuming, I think he bravely overachieved or they uh, underestimated his arm length. Uh, I think he is. I think he's kind of short armed for somebody six, five. And so he's been at like, I think he's been at left guard for the majority of his career at Ole Miss where he's been okay. Uh, Any player is pretty much worth a pick in the seventh round. So, you know, Hey, who knows this could be a steal, but I'm not exactly seeing, uh, if you can push someone off the lineup, great, but uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, I know that he, I remember doing research on him after he was drafted. He kind of had like a rough last year. Like, I think he, like, uh, he was, uh, he he's like blown like a bunch of big blocks, unfortunately, which was kind of like the thing that kind of pushed him down the list. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, he was uh, like, unfortunately, it was one of those things where he just had a couple of, he had enough bad games that it kind of knocked him down to put like, you know, from top 10 to, I think he was like yeah. what, two tenth or two fifteenth or whatever it was. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. And uh, yeah, early seventh round, that's, that's around that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I saw the, yeah, I saw the highlights from the senior bowl too. And it seemed he was, yeah, he was getting worked a little bit, especially in like the drills. So it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll just see. Definitely. Uh, I don't, he won't be pushing torrents anytime soon, but, uh, you know, Hey, if, uh, the potential is definitely there and definitely worth that spot. Oh yeah. And also like, you know, these guys are now going into a new level of coaching, a new level of play. You know, some people can just, they'll get into it, you know, like, look at like, look at Rousseau. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Exploded. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm just waiting. Uh, I mean, he's already, he's already proven his worth. I mean, he hasn't gotten the double digit sacks yet. He's had some injuries, but yeah, no Russo. Uh, one thing that's completely undervalued with him amongst the fan base is he's fantastic against the run. Uh, mm-hmm. and that usually gets, uh, that gets a little, um, yeah, that gets thrown under the rug because everybody just wants to see, you know, people just love the sacks. I'm guilty of that too. I just, uh, oh, sacks yeah. are fun. Yeah, when when he's when he's on his sack game, he is, and then sometimes you just don't see him for a while. And uh, yeah, speaking of the defense, uh, I had to wait till the third round for us to get uh, the linebacker uh, position taken care of. Hmm? Yeah, Dorian Williams. Uh, Yes, Dorian Williams out of Tulane, who uh, I had rated pretty high amongst linebackers. I thought third round was probably a good spot for him. I was also in the. Uh, I was in the boat of possibly drafting two linebackers this year, maybe one in the second and one in the third after we'd go like best player available. But linebackers really dropped this year uh, with the exception of the Lions completely reaching for Jack Campbell. I thought we were, I thought if he was still available, I thought that was a, a pick for us. I had heard um, many people had him extreme. Many teams had him very uh, low, low valued. And I really? just, yeah, uh, was, uh, I would have been. Sh- I was shocked he was the first linebacker off the board. I would have thought that would have gone to uh, Trenton Simpson or Drew Sanders. I mean, yeah, Campbell kind of is the unflashy type, uh, but he also wasn't just like a perfect, fundamentally sound. He had a bunch of missed tackles at Iowa. Who, yeah, I'm just representing here uh, with my sweat. For those who can't see, I'm wearing an Iowa sweatshirt. Uh, I didn't go to the school, but. Micah Hyde and AJ Epinesa did so, and Ike Butker. Yeah. So that's my connection there. But no, Dorian Williams is a little undersized, uh, but uh, has great sideline to sideline range. Uh, very good in coverage. Uh, is you know decent on the run. Mainly his big knock was size, but you know that was the same thing we said about a fifth round draft pick uh, linebacker in 2017, yeah. who was all pro last year. Uh-huh. 
And uh, yeah, so I like, <laughs> I definitely like this pick. I even had him over uh, Campbell as far as my rankings. I just knew he would be probably available here. And there was a run on linebackers just like right before he was picked. It was kind of in the third round. It was like, okay, these linebackers are dropping. And then it was like Sanders, Simpson, uh, Diane Henley was taken. I love Diane Henley. I was really hoping he would slide to us. And, uh, but yeah, no, he was, I think the third backer off the board. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm very, very happy with Dorian Williams. He's going to be keep competing with Terrell Bernard looks like, uh, our third round pick for a lot from last year. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like, so as far as like our linebacker situation, I'm very curious and I'm also very excited to kind of see it because I know that we bullied AJ Klein into greatness. <laughs> like that's a good oh, way to say it. Oh God. I feel really bad. Cause we used to just, he's just get dunked on and he's any of the good player. I mean, I know, I know with him and Dodson, you know, they're obviously going to be battling it out. I think, um, you know, Milano's going to do what Matt Milano does. Because I know, mm-hmm. that, and I'm glad they didn't push him into taking over Jermaine uh, Edmonds' spot. Because I feel like that would have been a miscalculation on a level. Because you got to let him do what he does amazing at. Not oh, push in there and be like the post guy to, mm-hmm. to run outside for the run. Like, no, he's going to chase down quarterback he's going to chase down the running back he's going to do all that stuff to the, the small outside so i think having terrell bernard who i think will be the starter but i don't yeah. know if he's the finisher that that's very yeah that's uh my uh feeling i i mean I, it's i don't have an opinion of terrell bernard really i barely saw him last year i think he was mainly on special teams but i mean he's also he's he knows he knows the the, the system he is mm-hmm. integrated he's battle tested you know mm-hmm. Because he knows the he knows the rate of play in the NFL now, mm-hmm. whereas I think that that's something that every every one of these guys needs to get used to. Oh, absolutely! And you and, know, uh, kind of having kind of having Dorian Williams have somebody to at least you know kind of help guide him into a role mm-hmm. is obviously going to be a great thing. Oh yeah, and uh, you know another interesting thing, even though he's not a linebacker, uh, one of our free agent signings the uh, like during the off season was Taylor Rapp. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, I mean, he's a hard hitting guy. I'm kind of curious if they're going to do some really not, not experimental, but some very unique packages, maybe like three safety sets with like oh, just Milano. And yeah, I mean, it'll just, it'll just be very interesting. I think that, like right now on paper, this defense is so dirty and so oh, yeah. that it's just like, we're going to damage people. Oh yeah. Oh, the second, the secondary depth when healthy. There's uh, I, I don't think there's like an eight or nine some, if you will, uh, that's even close to this. And speaking of the secondary, the last pick was like the seventh and it was like the seventh to last pick yeah. uh, in the draft, I think, was Alex Austin, cornerback out of Oregon State, a guy I was uh, uh, not not aware of at all. I saw some tape of him afterwards. Looks pretty yeah. scrappy. It's good. It's without a doubt. It's going to be hard for him to stick around on the 53 man roster. I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more because like and nothing against him. You know, he's, he's a, not a very big dude. I mean, he's six one, but that doesn't really mean much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, or like maybe six feet. I can't remember, but I remember he's a little bit on the smaller side, but definitely didn't look big. I didn't get the, I didn't get the stats on him, but like, yeah, but didn't look like, big when I him. I mean, also I'm five seven, so everyone's a giant to me. So it's all. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just like I think with that roster being so stacked as it is, he is going to have to fight, stab, and kill mm-hmm. on the the active roster. He might be great on the practice squad, or they might he might not even survive the first you know the first culling of the uh, of the roster. But I mean, at the same time. Having having option to giving these guys some room to breathe and let them like kind of recover is mm-hmm. going to be crucial for us. Because I mean, no. I know like that's what they've been doing. They've been trying to like swap out the defense so that way they get those guys a chance to breathe. And you know, like uh, you know, Epinesa or Boogie or you know Jordan Phillips or all those guys, they give them chances to like go do a thing, let the other guys recover, do the cycle. Same thing should be happening for him. Oh, if, he stays, if he stays on the active roster. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but it's uh, I I have a feeling he's going to make uh make some noise in preseason, probably be a great candidate for the practice squad, and uh, yeah. But like, no, this like 
my God, like the five uh, five cornerbacks alone we have, Tredavious, Elam, Benford, who was great in limited play last year, Dane Jackson, always, you know, always found suitable, uh, Taron, uh, I mean, that's, that's probably your five right there. And that's, that's about as good as any five, like in the history oh, yeah. of the NFL. Oh, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, I feel like Tredavious is going to be back to a hundred percent this year. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, people, I, you know, he definitely wasn't at a hundred percent last year, uh, but he was still, he was still making plays. It wasn't the same old Tredavious, but he still, he still had it. And, uh, no, and also so many, so many yeah. pass interference ones, man. <laughs> I just like I just kept it every time. I'm like, no. Oh buddy, yeah. Buddy. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, just in this past week, we had some two uh, significant uh, free agent signings. We had talked about Latavius Murray earlier for a bit. Uh, 33 years old, still had 760 yards rushing last year. I remember mainly. You probably remember this. Mm-hmm. We still had playoff hopes in 2014. Yes. Uh, under Doug Marone, and we played the th- I think it was like the two and twelve Raiders mm-hmm. in like week sixteen. Uh, we were competing with them. Marcel Darius got injured, and re- remember Darius was an absent BB. Oh yeah, and then knocking because then, 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 then we kind of Jacksonville. Oh yeah, for two years there, Mar- Marcel Darius was an absolute beast. Probably like one of the best defensive players we had. Uh, the spotlight was short, but uh, you know his peak. It was very short, but it was quite a peak. I remember he went injured, and Latavius Murray just ran all us, yeah. over us. Like it was like he was he was getting ten yards a clip. Uh, granted, he was probably like twenty five at that time, but obviously still has gas in the tank at thirty three. Uh, we were we were mentioning, uh, you know, that's quite a quite a running back group we have now. Harris, uh, Cook. And Hines, you know, and Hines is probably going to be the favorite for the kick returning duty. So, oh yeah, he's probably with that, with that two with that two run. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, that was so I, yeah. That was so fun. Um, so, as far as the running backs, if I can jump in on that one, go for it. I, you know, first off, like they got to freaking use Hines, not just be a freaking punt returner. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he didn't really get. He didn't, he didn't get used. He was just there. Yeah. Um, I, as far as Latavius Murray, I think that he is not an every down back. I think he is maybe like the third and short, the the boom bust kind of guy. Because, you know, between him and Damian Harris, like those are going to be your two ground and pound dudes. Mm-hmm. And then you have Cook, who is obviously the flex runner receiver. Then you have Hines, same thing. You know, those are the two speed demons. Mm-hmm. So I think oh. having, I think having the one-two punch era is great. Now, the one thing about like Latavius Murray, and I, and I mean no disrespect on this one, is that you know obviously his age does come into it. He has the one-year deal. If he makes it through into the active roster, I think they're going to just he's going to just brutalize people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because Buffalo also isn't a heavy run team, so he's not going to mm-hmm. be. You know, since we don't have motor anymore. James Cook is obviously going to take the number one spot. And then yeah. you're going to have Harris and Murray basically be the the slam guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh and yeah, and really Harris, you know, Harris had some of those, yeah, Harris had some of those injuries issues last year. So it might be nice to have, you know, Murray on the practice squad as like almost like a compliment where we barely lose a step if something. I mean, knock on wood. I hate even thinking that. But uh yeah, Damian Damian Harris was absolutely one of my favorite uh free agent signings of any year especially i love the guys who usually just uh tend to brutalize us and we we just uh get rid of that by signing them and that was uh that was huge uh another signing we had uh this week uh i absolutely love puna ford defensive tackle i can't believe this guy uh stuck around till after the draft uh Absolutely loved in Seattle. People like people just loved him. The uh, overachiever to the like absolute max. Undrafted free agent out of Texas, considered small, uh, but absolutely dominating. He joins a already full yeah. defensive tackle. Uh, he, he he physically he doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. He's a three hundred ten pound dude running like he's like a two hundred pound dude. And just chasing oh, yeah. down quarterbacks. Like I just remember watching. I remember watching like a reel of him just like dominating Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's fast as hell. 
Oh, absolutely. And I'm just like sitting here, I'm like, oh, I'm like, how? How does that work? How does, <laughs> how, like how? He just he's so fast, he's so explosive, and he just he's he's man's just tough as nails. I think that he is gonna yeah. do dangerous things here, and I'm very excited for it. I know, and it's like uh, you know, we have such a full uh defensive tack we have a full defensive tackle uh squad right now. Yeah. Um however I don't think any of them are signed past next year. That's where so, we're that's why I said our window is closing because exactly every, yeah. right now everyone everyone is like going like oh we're fucked cap wise everyone's getting one year <laughs> contracts. I know it's uh, uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna see but uh you know they I'm always sorry. they always manage something they always manage something and but yeah I mean there's gonna be that one year where you're just like you're just paying these guys like half of their salary over the cap like course of all of these years that they have but uh yeah no i love that signing of puna ford it was i was hoping it would happen even before this is even better and i didn't know that was in the works i I thought he was going to see it seattle just because you know oh he was very much like there i know uh, i know niners fans were very happy he's leaving the division that's always a great sign and uh oh yeah and I am getting the two-minute warning now from the producers. So before I say goodbye to you, Absolutely. I'm going to give you next week's the trivia question for next week. Uh-huh. Uh, you'll have some time to ponder it over. You can give me a guess after we stop recording. Yep. Uh, so there were nine coaches in between Marv Levy and Sean McDermott. Uh-huh. Who coached the most games of those nine? I know you may know it right off the bat. But uh, you can give me your answer in just a bit. But Mike Florio, my good buddy, so happy you joined us today. Uh, and I hope to have you back sometime uh, during the season or even even earlier than that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. Anytime, man. And uh, thank you, Bills Mafia, for joining us here on Bills or Bust podcast. Uh, enjoy the festivities during the rest of the off season. We'll be back uh, very shortly with more. Uh, more content before the season uh and let's go buffalo thanks again for listening to buffalo bills or bust remember to like and subscribe leave a comment and let's go buffalo buffalo bills or bust has been a samurai dinosaur production copyright 2023